I'm going to share my screen. Can you see the slide? Yes. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for uh, your interest today. I'm going to introduce quickly the issue of uh, financeability for transmission investments in Europe. Um, this is a work that has been uh, first developed in a previous study. You can find the related working paper on our website and I encourage you to have a look. Uh, I'm going to present an updated version of this study, uh, which is based on the 10-year network development plan 2014 published by the NSOE. So first of all, what is the financeability <laughs> challenge? Well, TSOs must realize investments in the transmission networks. They must do so um, to replace uh, aging infrastructure. They also must uh, achieve investments to expand the network, connect new generators, increase the level of interconnection between neighboring member states. In theory, depreciation should be sufficient to cover the need uh, the investment required to replace existing infrastructure. But sometimes, and this is the situation we face today, uh, depreciation that is included in tariff revenues is not sufficient to cover the need for significant new investments. To cover this gap between a return based on past investments and new needs, the TSOs can use three different resources. A first resource is retained earnings. The TSO can keep a share of these profits and reinvest them into the transmission network. These retained earnings are limited. They are limited because the profits of the TSO are limited, and their retained earnings are also limited because a significant share of the profits must be returned to the TSO owners under the form of dividend. So, returned earnings will not be sufficient today to cover the need for uh, cash flow. The other resource that TSO can use to, fund, to fill this gap is uh, equity injection by the current owners of the TSO or by new investors. But for a set of political and economical reasons, there is very little equity injection in Europe today. So, since liberalization, uh, TSOs have traditionally met the need for new investment by emitting debt. The problem is that today the level of debt is quite high. We will see later on that for a European TSO it would be close to 70%. So there are also limits on this uh, amount of debt. So this is our financeability challenge. How to fill the gap between a return based on past investments and new needs while the free resources are limited. In order to assess this financeability challenge, we use a methodology that, is, uh, that has been developed by Moody's. And uh, we focus on two quantitative indicators that reflect the ability of the TSO to pay interest and the amount of uh, debt compared to the value of a TSO. So these indicators uh, reflect what investors look at when lending money to the TSO, when investing into a TSO. And we define the financeability as the ability of a TSO to fund the investment plans while conserving a good financial profile, while conserving conserving an investment grade. So this is how we define financeability. In our study, we look at the NSOE area, and we look at it over the period 2014-2030 that is covered within the T1 and DP 2014. We make a significant assumption. We make the assumption that there is a single aggregated TSO that covers all the NSOE area. Of course, it's a, it's a strong assumption, and you can see more details on its rationale in the working paper. But what you can keep in mind is that in our study, we only look at the first level of constraint at the scale of the European industry. 
the situation may be different for smaller TSOs with higher investment needs, but we will see that already this first level of constraint is sufficient to see some constraints appearing. One of the novelties of the TYNDP 2014 is that it features four different visions. These visions differ in terms of integration of the internal electricity market, in terms of uh, progress compared to the Energy Roadmap 2050. Of course, we cannot represent all the different aspects of these visions in our simple model, but we keep them, uh, we take them into account by uh, looking at the evolution of energy consumption and peak demand in these different visions, and by looking at different investment programs. For the most ambitious visions, vision three and four, uh, we consider that the amount of uh, projects of common interest is close to 150 billion euro, while in the less ambitious visions, it is only 125 billion euro. This is for projects of common interest only. We use these uh, figures as an input to our balance sheet model. Uh, in addition to these projects of common interest, we also include the replacement of existing assets. Uh, this is uh, data that is uh, provided by the IEA in its World Energy Outlook 2011. And you can see that this figure is a bit smaller than the one of uh, projects of common interest, but it's not negligible. So this is our investment scenario. Uh, we also need a no-change uh, scenario. What is the business-as-usual financing strategy of the TSO? Well, we have said previously that there is very little equity injection in uh, the European TSOs today, so we consider there is no, no equity injection at all. If we measure the gearing of uh, a European aggregated TSO today, based on the annual reports of the TSOs, it's close to 70%. TSOs traditionally emit uh, a high share of their profits as dividends, uh, so 70% of the earnings are distributed to equity, to equity owners. And if we look at the level of tariffs today, it would be close to 7% uh, for return on asset and 10% for the return on equity. And finally, in our no-change scenario, we make the assumption that network tariffs can only increase by inflation plus 1% every year, which reflects the current trend and the sectorial inflation of the TSOs. So this is our no-change scenario, and then we run it in a balance sheet modeling. And the conclusion is very clear. The no-change scenario is not sustainable in the long term, and it's even not sustainable in the short term. So very quickly, uh, European TSO trying to achieve the whole TYNDP would lose its investment grade. It means that in the no-change scenario, it is not possible for the TSOs to achieve the full TYNDP. Uh, what is the share they can actually achieve? Well, you can see the results on this uh, slide. You can see that depending on the visions, uh, the TSOs could achieve between half and two-thirds of the TYNDP. There are two things to keep in mind when looking at these figures. The first one is that all these projects have been through cost-benefit analysis. They all unlock benefits in terms of social welfare, in terms of uh, reduction of carbon emission, of integration of renewables. So not achieving this project uh, uh, will have, for co as a consequence, a, loss a reduction of the social welfare. And the second thing to keep in mind is that we only include here the projects of common interest and the replacement of existing infrastructure. There are many projects of national and regional uh, interest that are not included, and so the share of the total package, total investment package that can be achieved is much smaller. The main problem we have in our no-change scenario is that the debt is uh, increasing too quickly. Uh, 
And we have to keep a balance between debt and injections of internal or external equity. A first way to keep a balance is to lower the amount of debt that is required by lowering the investment package. And this is what we have just seen. But what if we want to unlock the benefits of the TYNDP and we want to achieve the full package? Well, there are natural variants that come to mind. A first one is to increase the revenues of the TSOs uh, to allow them to cope with the new investment needs. A second option is that the revenues stay the same, but TSOs conserve a higher share of these revenues to reinvest them into the transmission network. So in the first situation, we keep the same share of a higher pie, and in the second situation, we keep a higher share of the same pie. So these are ways to uh, conserve earnings and inject equity internally into the TSO. But it's also possible to find new investors or current investors that are willing to inject more equity uh, and, and hence to find equity sources that are external. So now we will have a look at these different variants. The simplest one, apart from not achieving the full package, is to simply increase tariffs until we can uh, cover the whole uh, investment package while conserving uh, an investment grade. So these are the figures for the four different visions uh, to achieve the world TY NDP. You can see that it's close to 2% per year on top of inflation, which is not significant. But you have to remember that this is only the projects of common interest. If we also include the projects of national and regional interest, we can make the assumption that uh, the total investment package will be about twice the TYNDP. And you can see that in this case, the increase in tariffs that will be required to achieve the full TYNDP, the full investment package, while conserving an investment grade, will be between 5% and 8% increase every year. This is a very significant increase, and it will probably lead to problems of acceptability uh, of uh, increasing tariffs. So we have a problem of affordability of the uh, investment package. But what if we try to use alternative financing strategies? Here you can see on this figure what will be the required increase in tariffs for a set of constraints. First of all, we want to achieve the full TYNDP. Second, we want to conserve an investment grade. And third, we want to keep a good return on equity to attract uh, equity injections into the TSOs. And you can see what is the uh, required increase in tariffs annually for different amount of equity injection. Initially, by injecting a bit of equity, it is possible to release the constraints of the financial ratios. And therefore, to achieve the TYNDP uh, and conserve an investment grade for smaller increase in tariffs. But when we pass the optimal threshold, uh, as equity is more expensive than debt, uh, it, is, it becomes more expensive to inject further equity. Well, the good news is that we can see that by fine-tuning a bit the financing strategy of the TSO, it is possible to reduce the required increase in tariffs. But you can see that it's only possible to a small extent and that the required increase in tariff will be high anyway. If we looked at the results for lower dividends payout, we would have exactly the same results uh, because it, it's equivalent to injecting internal equity instead of external equity. So we get the same kind of results. It's possible to do a bit, but not that much. So I've tried to introduce uh, many results and many figures in <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, what are the key messages you can take away from this presentation? First of all, an increase in tariffs is unavoidable. 
And if we consider that the TYNDP is only half the total investment package, we see that the increase in tariffs will, that will be required will be between 5 and 8% per year. This is very significant, and for sure we would have an acceptability problem. So there is an affordability issue of the investment package. But if these investments are valuable, if we want to unlock their benefits, we have to accept the increase in, in tariffs. We have also seen that by injecting a small amount of equity or by reducing a bit of the payout ratio, uh, we could reduce the required increase in tariffs, but this is only possible to a small extent. It's not a miracle solution. We cannot reduce the required increase in tariffs when investments increase significantly. But in this study, what we did is that we focused on the quantitative indicators that are used by Moody's. There is a major share of the rating that is based on uh, qualitative indicators. And in particular, the regulatory framework plays an important role in the way uh, investors look at uh, TSOs as an investment. So I will now give the floor back to Vincent, who will uh, talk a bit further about this uh, regulatory framework. Thank, Thank you very you. much. I'm looking forward to your questions. Thank you very much, Arthur. I would like to remind you that you, you can already submit your questions. And now, Vincent. Thank you, Arthur. Thank you, Cara. Uh, I will share my presentation. Uh, that's okay. <coughs> you you see my my Not presentation? Yet. Not, Not yet. yet. No, we still see you. <laughs> Is it okay? Okay, now yes. No. Perfect. Okay. <coughs> Thank you very much. Um, good morning to everybody. Uh, good afternoon to everybody. So um, after the, the 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 financial diagnosis of uh, Arthur, I now propose you to make a diagnosis of the current regulations uh, to question whether they are able to finance transmission investment, and if not, uh, what are the, the possible solutions? Um, uh, that's the work we uh, now. Uh, uh, almost uh, more more than uh, one year ago with the uh, finance of regulation and with uh, uh, TSOs uh, in this area. I recommend you to go and see the, the policy briefs we have done on this topic and the report we uh, write, uh, we work on this topic. If you want to have more detail, uh, and it's also a work we have uh, uh, expanded for, for the presentation I will uh, do uh, to you uh, right now. So in terms of context, uh, so the, the presentation of Arthur shown us that uh, there is a financeability issue for TSOs uh, to develop the required 100 billion euro of electricity uh, transmission investment in Europe. And this is also in a context where uh, incentive regulation is more and more uh, used by regulators from a, regu a historical point of view. They applied it to optimize OPEX. It was efficient in a period of low investment because optimizing OPEX uh, was then the main variable that can be activated to control the tariff level. Um, nevertheless, the, the impact of the tariff setting and center regulation and financing costs was not so much investigated. Uh, Would it have a, a major impact on the uh, effective remuneration level of TSO? For instance, in the UK, uh, incentive regulation 
can we increase or decrease the effective remuneration level of TSOs by 40%, more or less. Um, and in another example, in the Netherlands, it may decrease the, rem the effective remuneration level of the TSO by 30%. So it is not neglectable uh, to look at uh, incentive regulation. And this, of course, may impact the perception of financial costs uh, of TSOs by financial market. Financial market, which may uh, search for the most attractive uh, investment, in particular in the uh, area of uh, uh, energy infrastructures. <coughs> so, in order to propose an adequate solution to, to the current, uh, current situation, it is essential to make a, a diagnosis of the current regulation with this regard. And Done so comparing uh, national regulation in the Northwest region, looking at the regulatory regimes in Belgium, France, Germany, Great Britain, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, and Finland. Uh, these countries are now integrated in a, in a common market with other countries that well, we have not looked at for the moment. Uh, and this stand for parts of the European production, the European consumption of electricity. Um, and for all of them, we have looked at the uh, current regulatory period. <coughs> so we, to do the diagnosis, we propose to compare them on two axes that are, are of importance for investors when uh, evaluating the regulatory uh, environment. The horizontal axis stands for the basic remuneration level for investments, the regulated work level, and the vertical axis represents the risk remuneration uh, for TSOs resulting from uh, the incentive regulation for, for cost reduction. Consequently, uh, regulatory regimes located in the lower shaded part of this graph will provide higher incentives for investment. They will also be uh, more attractive for shareholders because they, they generate more benefit. And uh, with more capital offer from candidate shareholders uh, in the financial market, these regulatory regimes will also produce lower financing costs for uh, TSOs. Well, but at the extreme, the, these regulatory regimes also encompass a risk of gold plating because they may uh, incentivize the TSO to um, do overinvestment. Inversely, regulatory regimes that are located in the upper shaded part of the graph will provide a high incentive for cost reduction and also shorter benefits for final uh, users with lower tar tariff in the short run. But they endanger the, the TSO financeability uh, because incentive regulation may reduce the effective remuneration level and at the extreme with uh, a lower remuneration level the, the uh, financial cost may be higher and this regime so encompass a risk of underinvestment because the TSO will have difficulty to finance them. So to keep on with our diagnosis we propose to um, place the regulatory regimes uh, in this figure and we have done so in a qualitative way or quantitative analysis would be more, far more uh, demanding, but also far more useful with this regard. That's why we're, we're pushing for, for this kind of analysis. Um, so we can see that uh, there's country with high remuneration and risk uh, 
remuneration from incentive regulation that are Norway and Great Britain. Um, Sweden is in a situation uh, where it has less risk, but its regime had been appealed, so its evaluation should be regarded with caution. Um, France and Finland have uh, lower remuneration, and uh, Germany, oh, excuse me, is facing uh, higher risk. And Belgium and the Netherlands are the uh, countries where the uh, basic remuneration level is the lower, with a higher uh, risk from uh, incentive regulation in the Netherlands. So we can notice the heterogeneity of the regulatory regimes. Um, while the, uh, the investment challenge is uh, the same, is a, is a common problem at the European level for all these TSUs. Besides, there is a general movement toward uh, more incentive regulation if we compare the, the evolution of the uh, um, last regulatory uh, period and the current regulatory period. And at the same time, there is an uncertain movement between the regulators about the remuneration level. Some regula regulators uh, are increasing or maintaining the remuneration level or other are decreasing the remission Russian level um, uh, because of low rates on, on the financial market. The alignment of uh, regulatory regime should be done considering the, the, the current situation in Europe. Uh, we are facing huge investment needs. This will, uh, of course, increase the, the demand on the financial market and so increase uh, the financing cost, and we are also facing with a cost of having uh, no investment that uh, we expect that is as, uh, expected to be higher than overinvestment, as uh, Arthur mentioned it previously. So, considering this situation, the target for uh, uh, regulation should be uh, in a zone more favorable for investment. The goal is to reduce the cost of capital. This is because it has now uh, uh, an impact that is higher on network tariffs than uh, operating costs. This is because uh, we are in a phase of major investment. So having less risky regulatory regimes and better uh, remuneration for TSO. Well, <clears throat> of course, there are um, uh, national priorities too, and this may uh, call for um, uh, a target zone for the regulation that is uh, sufficiently large to incorporate these national priorities. And also more generally, well, that's here an illustration and we think that there is a need to investigate where this target should be, evaluating the, the precise impact of uncertainty uh, from incentive regulation on uh, effective remuneration level and also on financing costs uh, of TSOs. I'm now almost at the conclusion of my presentation and to, uh, <coughs> uh, to end it, I propose here some solutions that are not necessarily very exotic, but there are possible solutions to, to uh, food for thought to, to begin the discussion. Uh, so a first solution is to increase the um, uh, remuneration uh, to because this will uh, lower a financing cost attracting uh, financial investors. Uh, 
and a way of doing it is to keep the regulated work at a stable value and not making it uh, go back and forth with the uh, uh, movement of on risk free rate all the more than this rate or uh, for let's say short term product uh, compared to the uh, lifespan of uh, network assets, so short product for 10 years, uh, final product for 10 years, whereas uh, assets are here for 40 years. Uh, a possible solution also could be uh, to make a difference between uh, the remuneration of old and new assets. If there is structural changes in the uh, uh, rates for remuneration of these assets, um, so that, that's that's a possibility, taking into account also the the lifespan of the assets. Um, also, well, a possibility, and we see this happening in some regulation, to introduce re different remuneration level for different types of investment, more or less taking into account the social value of this investment to have a, give a higher value for more strategic investments. So that's how different investment premium could be added to the related remuneration. Um, more also another basic solution is to take into account financeability in the way to set work, uh, the regulated work by, by the regulator. For the moment, generally the, the regulator is not looking at this financeability issue at all. There's the exception in the UK, but otherwise that's not a, a problem. And also, uh, but his, this is also um, a point that I mentioned in the next slide. Well, for applying efficient target in the framework on incentive regulation, it should be applied on controllable sets uh, on OPEX and on new investments and not on stranded cost as we can see some uh, regulator be tempted to do. Um, as for incentive regulation, where uh, for benchmarking, uh, it is a useful tool to find information, but for the moment it should be uh, used as an information tool because there are some elements that are not well integrated in our view uh, in this uh, uh, incentive regulatory tool. Uh, so focus on controllable costs, uh, as I mentioned previously, and also uh, for long regulatory period, fine-tune uncertainty and adjustment mechanisms that make evolve um, the revenue considering uncertainty in, uh, in the remuneration of the cheese. So I've done with, with my presentation. Now I welcome uh, comments, questions, uh, to discuss it with Arthur right now. Thank you, Vincent. Uh, and thank you uh, to all. Thank you to all of you uh, for joining us. Now it's your turn. So I'm looking at your questions. Maybe Arthur, uh, would you like to answer, tackle some questions? Yeah, um, I, I will start with the first one. So the one uh, saying that uh, transmission tariffs are only a small part of the total bill, and uh, is it then an increase in tariffs such a big issue? Um, it's true. It's true that transmission tariffs are only a small part of the bill, and it's true that the electricity bills are increasing for uh, many other reasons today, and in particular the support to renewables. Uh, but I, I don't think it's uh, it's a reason to say uh, that we should not care about this issue, that uh, consumers will not see the difference. 
uh, we are talking of increase in this in, uh, increases in tariffs of uh, five to eight percent per year. It's very significant, and uh, it leads to doubling the share of transmission tariffs very quickly. So it's it's a it's a big issue even if it's a small share of a bill and. Uh, if we think, for instance, of the electricity intensive uh, industry, uh, such a difference can uh, really make the difference between a positive or, or a negative margin. Uh, so, to my mind, it's, there are other issues that should be kept in mind, but still an increase in transmission tariffs is a big issue, yes. Thank you, Arthur. So, Vincent, which question would you like to tackle? Uh, let's first talk about uh, benchmarking because I've just uh, undid it. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it was at the very end of my presentation. Uh, so, well, uh, of course, benchmarking is very useful to uh, cope with the uh, in with the problem of uh, information asymmetry um, for TSOs, uh, for for regulators, excuse me, um, but. It's uh, very useful when, uh, for one regulator, when dealing with uh, several companies that is in charge of of, uh, of regulation. But when doing uh, benchmarking on different ESOs uh, with different regulators, in fact, you are doing reg uh, benchmarking on this couple, TSO plus regulation, and not on the TSO themselves. For the moment, there is no, uh, to, my, to my knowledge, uh, the regulations are not controlled in the benchmarking applied to the TSO. In my mind, they should be, at least to some extent. Uh, not only the, the current regulation, but also the past regulation, because the, the TSOs have developed their network based on what they're the, based on the regulations they, they were faced with some years ago, and well, since you have lots of stranded costs in in a, in a company like a TSO, this should be taken into account uh, when doing a benchmarking. Thank you, Vincent. And now, Arthur, yeah, what do you see as the test? I will take two questions because there is a clarification uh, question on the investments, uh, the investment scenario that I include in the in the okay. simulation. Uh, so, in the so to make it short, the inv we took we take into account only the projects of common interest. There is a difference between the TYNDP, the previous TYNDP, and the TYNDP 2014. Because previously, projects of regional interest were also included in the TYNDP, while today they are not anymore. So, to short answer is uh, it's only projects of common interest, but it's also the TYNDP 2014. Okay. And, but, so, the I will answer the question on uh, cost coverage by tariff. Uh, yes. Okay, so. Yes, it's true. It's, uh, we are talking here about two partially different things. We, uh, I have said in the introduction that, in theory, the depreciation should be sufficient to cover the replacement of existing assets. Uh, when we have a significant, uh, a significant amount of new investments, we need to fill the gap with debt and equity. 
But these two, uh, so it doesn't mean that uh, retained earnings and uh, depreciation are, uh, are not an alternative to debt and equity, because retained earnings can be seen as a source of internal equity. And it can be used, uh, it can be reinvested by the TSO's owners into the network. So to this extent, uh, retained earnings is an alternative to injection of equity, by, uh, of new equity by the current owners, of equity by new investors. Thank you very much. Let me remind you that you can submit your questions using the Q&A panel, which is hidden in the menu on the top right of your screen. So I encourage you to take this opportunity. Um, Bansan, would you like to address this question? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so <coughs> for sure there are not so much um, uh, debt issue for 40 years, but the, the, there are some uh, debt that are issue for a long period of time. Uh, uh, there was uh, debt or obligation issue for uh, 40 or even uh, 100 years. Um, and uh, well, the, there there are some some possibility. The problem with the, this kind of product is that they are not very liquid, uh, of course. But when we look at the rate, uh, there is uh, when we look at the demand for this kind of product, and then at, at the rate. Well, first there is a demand that is quite high for this kind of product. So th there are some uh, financial institutions that are willing to have this kind of debt for long term um, because they are attractive uh, uh, in, the, in their portfolio. Uh, and also, uh, when we look at the rate, well, they are not... Uh, we see clearly that for the moment, the, the short-term rate uh, is uh, below the long-term level of short-term rate. So, of course, we could have um, uh, a behavior uh, relying on the some kind of opportunism, saying, "Well, we rely on the on the uh, on on the small uh, on 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 this low level of uh, of rates, and so we we uh, we put them into the tariff." But uh, then if we rely on short-term rate, uh, what would happen when the rate will increase once again? So uh, do you think uh, that uh, the regulator will uh, have a symmetric behavior when the rate will be higher than the, their long-term trend? Uh, knowing that the regulator uh, may have this kind of uh, hold-up behavior, uh, same meaning that they will not integrate the higher level of rates uh, when they will be low, higher than the long-term trend, then uh, I, I would really recommend that we keep some stable uh, work level because we are with well, uh, long-term uh, long assets and normally we should have an alignment between the lifetime of these assets and the, the the rate and the, even the, the type of debt that could be issued otherwise. And if there is a reliance on short-term product, we can expect also that, that this will not be the, the, uh, the credit rating agencies will not be very fond of it because they also consider that it is a, a source of risk for the TSO, so this may also impact the, their evaluation of a grade for the TSOs. Thank you, Vincent. I see another question. Yeah, maybe I will take this one. Okay. 
Uh, well, it, it's some things that uh, I have uh, heard a couple of times when making this presentation. But uh, it's uh, if TSOs uh, cut completely dividends and these are kept uh, uh, to be reinvested into the TSOs, we could uh, solve part of the financing issue. Uh, the first thing is is that uh, for uh, for an investor, it's not equivalent to see uh, to get some uh, dividends in cash or to see this money uh, reinvested into the TSO. There are some uh, theoretical uh, some theories like the Modigliani-Miller uh, theorem that say that it should be equivalent. But when you look at in practice, the investors prefer to receive dividends. This is true in general. It's it's especially true for the TSOs. So we we know that investors in uh, into TSOs look at a significant uh, payout ratio. They uh, they look at uh, the dividends uh, emitted and they traditionally want between five and seven percent uh, return on equity under the form of dividends. So there are some limits in the acceptability of cutting dividends. And uh, apart from this acceptability issue. It is also important to understand that uh, by uh, by conserving by by uh, reinvesting the dividends into the TSO, we increase the amount of equity into the TSO, and we go back to the issue that we have seen in the last slide of the presentation, which is that uh, investors who own equity traditionally require a higher return than debt. And uh, it is it is unlikely that increasing too much the amount of equity into the TSOs would allow the tariffs not to increase significantly. At one point, it becomes costly to in to inject more equity, uh, uh, and this is the case when we cut dividends completely. So to sum it up, uh, there is a problem of acceptability of cutting dividends, and it will be a costly policy. It can do some, we can do a bit of fine-tuning by reducing a bit the amount of dividends, but we cannot cut them completely. Thank you, Arthur. Uh, so we have only five minutes left. Don't be shy. <laughs> it's your opportunity. So if you want to ask something more, now it's the moment. Um, would you like to add something more while waiting for uh, for questions? Uh, <coughs> that, that was one question. Uh, so about the regulatory regimes. Uh, yeah, of course, the, 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 the regulatory regime, they were built in a national context, um, considering that the let's say the national deed of investment, the, the, the cost of capital for TSO, the, the, the efficiency gains asked in the past uh, to TSOs. Uh, well, uh, how, the, of course, the, the, they, they have impacted the regulatory regimes in the long run uh, in, the, in, the, in the past, let's say. Um, they also have impacted, I think, the network how it is right now. That's what also I mentioned previously that benchmarking should be done in a more uh, careful way than it is currently done. Uh, but well, <coughs> this does not change. Does not change. Excuse me. Uh, what we are looking about the, the problem of financeability. Uh, 
you you have to take into account the past of TSOs. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, Arthur has shown that uh, the fact that TSOs are already with a uh, high amount of debt uh, raise some problem for them to increase the, this amount of debt. Uh, this should be taken into account uh, by the regulators in doing the, uh, their regulation, in taking into account, uh, in, in setting the WAC. Uh, so, well, this should be taken into account for sure, uh, but this does not change the fact that, that we need investment and that we still have this finance uh, by finance ability problem. Uh, th this is a part of the problem, the, the, the fact that in the past there was already a quite high reliance on debt uh, and it is right now difficult for, for the TSO to, to, to issue more debt with this right now. Thank you, Vincent. So, just um, I would like to thank you all, and I will be very, very happy to receive all your comments. And I will say, if you have any other questions, you can contact directly our speakers, Arthur and Vincent. And thank you, Arthur. Thank you, Vincent, to be here today with me, and to all of you for having for having been with us.